Hello, hello, and welcome to Tabletop Game Gal. I am that gal, Elizabeth. Welcome to episode six. Joining me today is Nate via Skype, and we're going to talk about some games that he and I both love and how it's what it's like to find a new game group when you move to a new area. Nate has a lot of experience with this. If I sound groggy, that is because it is super early my time so that he could record with me. Okay, let's welcome Nate. Hi, Nate! Hey, how's it going, Elizabeth? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Well, welcome to the Tabletop Game Gal podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. So Nate and I met via game our gaming group in, um, I don't know, three or four years ago. It would have been about three years ago, I think. 2015, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, it would have been right in there. But he gave with Chad... And Nate, you write a blog, don't you? And maybe sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I was actually thinking about this as I prepared for this today. I was like, oh, I got to probably say like what I do. I, I have written a blog. Uh, about five years ago, it was really active. Try, you know, a couple of entries a week. Uh, recently, I haven't, I haven't put anything on there since I think February, maybe the end of January. So... But you know what? That's fine. I don't need to be writing about it all the time. So, uh, but it's still there if people wanted to to go check it out. So I don't know if you put that in show notes or what. But. Yeah, I'll put it. I'll attach it in the show notes as well as you can say what it is if you want people to look it up. Yeah. It, well, the blog is called the Rumpus Room, um, and uh, the uh, I, I also I, I do write in other venues. I've written in. Um, for about a year or so, I wrote for the Miniature Market Review Corner. Um, that's no longer a, it's no longer active, but I currently am writing for a site called There Will Be Games, and it's not a very frequent uh, column. It's about every other month, just when I can fit it in, um, partially because I haven't played a lot of new stuff, and it's hard to have your pulse on the hobby from overseas. So I am... Um, a little more leisurely pace fits my lifestyle, and uh, is where I want to where I want to be right now. It actually is a site used to be called Fortress Ameritrash. It's uh, just kind of a little small uh, group of people, um, but I've really enjoyed writing for them. I wrote for them in past before, and so that's that's kind of where I'm active the most. Uh, also, of course, on places like BGG, and I'm on you know Twitter, Facebook, stuff like that. So. So you can find him on all those platforms, and his blog's really good, because I used to read the, I think I read the Meeple Market one, I think you were working on that whenever we played yeah. together. Yeah, that was a minute, yes, that was while I was in Texas, that was when I was getting, I was on the review copy train then. Yeah. Games to review, hey, I got to review it this week for, for two weeks, we got to play it, and we did a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I played a few of those with you and Chad, because there was one that I came over to y'all's house and played, but I that sounds right. 
I can't remember which game we played. I was going to ask what it was. What One thing you don't realize is when you're getting review copies, it's not like this sweet deal where you just get all these awesome games. What you get is a lot of really deeply mediocre games. And and then if you get lucky now and then you'll get one that you really like. Well, what you and get, I'm, so far I've gotten only fantastic games. I've been very well, lucky. Generally, if I, if I have my druthers, those are the ones I'm playing. <laughs> I... I don't, you know, I, I I make time to play those ones, which is no. I mean, the, the only the only copies people have sent me and reached out to me about me getting have been really fantastic. Oh well, see, there you go. So that's good. Maybe news. you should try being adorable, Nate. No, I'm just kidding. Nate is very adorable. Uh, oh well, that <laughs> that didn't go the way I expected it would. I well now I have to contend with overseas shipping. You know. Yeah, that uh, I imagine is hard. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be shipped all the way to all, all the way to the Philippines. So that's a long trip that's not always guaranteed to make it. <laughs> You're like, "Can they just drop it off on the way from where it's made?" Right. Oh, I have someone coming to I've someone coming to Manila, mail it to them. I'll maybe get it in a couple weeks and then <laughs> try and turn it around <laughs> quick if they have room in their luggage. <laughs> so no heavy board games, no like Gloomhaven. Right, yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. If the if the board game has to be a checked bag, I think we, <laughs> we have a problem. So Nate and I share a lot of games that we both love. His favorite game, I think, is my second favorite game, and that is Cosmic Encounter. Right? That's your yeah. favorite game. It's the only game that matters. It's Elizabeth. it really is the best game. Yeah. I'm excited. It's one of the games they're bringing to our wedding. (laughs) Oh, nice. And I told Chad, I was like, we're going to have to find the bride card, though, to begin with, so that I can take a picture with the bride card. (laughs) Yeah, the bride's a lot of fun. Have you, I've only listened, I haven't listened to every episode you've done. Have you talked about Cosmic Encounter yet? I have not. I've been saving that for you. Oh, hey. (laughs) So that's my job now. That's your job. You have to talk about it. Okay. Well, I have. I have been saving it for you. Like in my notes, I have like, Nate, talk about Cosmic, then talk about gaming overseas. Um, But that's just because we both love it so much. Yes. Well, I I, I think um, what I always tell people, and I am not exaggerating when I say this, but I always tell people if I had to sell every other game I owned, I would still be okay if I could keep Cosmic Encounter. And I'm not... I used to say that all the time. Now I've gotten into D&D a lot since I moved here, and so I have a stack of D&D books. I Probably if I could keep both of those, I think that would be all I really need to enjoy the hobby. Um, Cosmic Encounter is, it, you know, I, for those those who have not played it, it's uh, actually a design from the late 70s, and it, um, I think it, I, I, I wrote a review of it once, for uh, for the review corner, where I referred to it as a game of stud poker filtered through Adventure Time, um, <laughs> which I, I think is maybe the best description I've been able to come up with. It's a uh, it's basically a game where you are uh, everyone takes the role of a, an alien race and you have a special power in the context of the game rules and you are are basically every turn you're you're told to have an encounter with another player and the encounter is probably going to be a fight, uh, but it doesn't have to be, and I think that's really where the game ends up shining a lot. I, One of the things I've learned about myself 
as I've been in this hobby a long time, is that I, I like conflict in games, but I don't much care for combat in games. Um, that's something that can get out of hand and get tedious to me really quickly. I agree. So what I like, I like the... about Cosmic is the combat strategy is really just like, hey, side with me versus like a big fight. Yeah. And then nobody gets, yeah. for lack of a better term, butt hurt because you don't, because you attack them well, first. Because you don't have well, choice. Well, hold on. I mean, well, <laughs> you totally can get butt hurt. <laughs> I'm not that... You know, I mean, it's not like that kind of stuff doesn't happen, but I, I think what what makes it really special is that it doesn't have to be a, a game about conflict. I, in, in fact, I've actually heard, um, when I hear people describe it, I've heard them describe it as like a conflict game and that, or a negotiation game. And it is those things, but it's also not those things um, because it's kind of combined with very uh, chaotic card play, uh, a lot of stuff if you this so here's the thing about this game it's like it's like one of the big bangs in board game design by that i mean that this is what one of the this design is something that was directly responsible for a lot of other really big games um the two big ones that come to mind the first one is magic the gathering uh, designer richard garfield said that what he was trying to recreate when he designed magic was the the wild nature of card play in a Cosmic Encounter, which is not a collectible game, but has this ridiculous amount of variety. And the other game that has that I know has been uh, credited to Cosmic Encounter is Wiz War, which is a game oh, uh, I love recently Wiz went War. out of. Yeah, Wiz War is a really fun game. It recently went out of print from Fantasy Flight Games, which is a shame because it's a lot of fun and it's um, same kind of thing where. A lot of card play in that game. You're a bunch of dueling wizards in a labyrinth, and it's a really, really fun, fun uh, design. Uh, and so, Cosmic Encounter was directly responsible for those. And uh, you see its footprints everywhere. When you play a game that has uh, special player powers, Cosmic Encounter was really the first time that was embraced as a design. And so, not. But and, and besides all of that, it's a really important design. But it's really fun too. It's. Uh, got kind of this goofy attitude, uh, very freewheeling, extremely uh, heavy on the interaction. So you're always playing. I've, I've I played think games that's another reason had. why I love it is because yeah. you are like, if even if you're not the one being attacked or um, doing the attacking, you are still a part of it and you can still stop people from gaining a planet or whatever the case may be or gain a planet right. yourself. Yeah, you really you really can't play the game head down, um, because if, that, if you're doing that, you're missing the point. Now, I've played with some groups that were very uh, cautious about the interaction, which is really which is really satisfying as well, especially when you have four or five people. So this so here's the thing: the game out of the box can take five people, um, and five is a great number. That's like just about my favorite number, five or six players. But if you add all the expansions they've released over the years, you can go you can go up to eight players. Now <laughs> An eight player eight game players. is tedious though. It is a very long game. Oh, I don't know. I I really like it. But you know, I mean I'm I once played I, a three and a half hour game of Cosmic. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have too. I, I, <laughs> with eight players, um, what you find is that there's just more card effects and player powers and stuff happening at the table. And so you'll get a lot of really wild reversals. Um, 
stuff that just it's like oh it looks like one person's about to win and then they're smacked down and the game goes on for another hour um with eight players that kind of stuff happens a lot more often i've also played eight player games that have gone been over in 45 minutes so the first time you know, i ever played it i won the game before it got back to my turn like i was yeah. the very last person in turn order and i won before so it did got you to actually me. get a turn no no you never got a turn you mm -hmm. won with that see that means everyone else was bad at it. I was probably well, in that game. I'm you sure were, I was. You were not, actually. Uh, Paul oh. Paul was. Um, mm. I had the claw, and I think the claw is the strongest oh. of all of the alien races. So with the claw, you lay a, an, a card face down, um, and whenever that card gets played, you basically get a planet for each of those people who... Yeah, or whoever so, played it. So I kept playing negotiation yeah. cards down. And well, Paul kept actually, negotiating mean, actually with Actually, you're not supposed to be able to play and negotiate. Oh, you can. We looked it up. Oh, you can. You can well, on the claw. I would still say the claw is not the strongest, but that's only because there's 200-plus powers in the game now in its fully expanded form. And I'm not sure how we could definitively say that any of them is the strongest. I can definitively um, say the claw. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Well... You As I'm know. sure you guys can it's tell, normally I bring people who are not experts onto this podcast. Nate is an expert oh. in games. so I'm, I'm an expert in the sense that I just have, have spent a lot of time thinking about this particular game. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. That is, that is true. Who's your favorite power to play in it? Oh, boy. I, have, I, I like the ones that seem like they're helpful to the other players. Uh... Two that I really like a lot. So one of them is the healer. The healer, after every encounter, the healer can... So when ships lose, they're sent to the warp, which is sort of like this big galaxy holding tank where all the ships, periodically, they might get removed or you know sent back. But basically, the, the losers of every encounter go to the warp. And the healer is able to at the end of the encounter, send all the losers back home. They don't go to the warp. They go just back to be used again. But then the healer gets to draw a card afterward. And so the healer has like this fistful of cards that is, you, you know, it, it, it's a game where having a lot of card options is always better. Uh, I like that power a lot. Another one that I think is really funny is the philanthropist. Um, the philanthropist is able to... Uh, at the end of every turn, they can give one card to another player, and then if they are out of cards, they draw a new hand. And so what you're doing is you're shoveling all your garbage cards into other people's hands so they can never draw a new hand, and you are constantly drawing a new hand and cycling out better cards. And that is a really fun power, because when you play with people for the first time and they see it, it's not completely obvious why it's awesome. Um but then once you're further into the game, it's like, oh, you again, you know, <laughs> like, you know, have fun with that attack zero I just gave you. I'm so generous. You know, that is, you're welcome. Those, those are probably my, yeah, those are my two favorites. I, I, I think if I had to pick some, but I, you know, there's, there's ones I've never played before. I played one you know, a few weeks ago that had everybody's special power in my hand. And then they always came back to my hand after being used by anybody else except me. And then once I used them, they got their own special power. And if I could ever have my hand empty of special powers, I automatically won no matter where oh, I was at. Yes. Um, oh, I, I know the one. 
I know the one you're talking about. For the people at home who haven't played this, this game, it, I, I hope that they get an idea of how bananas this game can actually be because, like, we're, we're talking about this and I'm like, that, that's really bonkers that that's, that's a thing that someone made. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's a crazy game, especially once you start getting the expansions in. So yeah. last Christmas, Chad got me every single expansion that there was for it yeah, and the broken nice. token for it. And then I looked at him and said, does this mean our copy of Cosmic's now my copy of Cosmic? And he said, it doesn't matter. We're getting married. But sure, whatever. <laughs> so. I mean, I mean, my copy of Cosmic is my copy. I don't think Hope would claim it. <laughs> So Hope is my wife for those those at home. Yes. Hope is your wife. She's fantastic. Yeah. I love playing games with Hope. Yeah, she's 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 pretty rad. She's she'll super... listen to this. She'll feel she'll feel good about that, which is true. I'm not <laughs> I'm not just saying it because I know she's listening. <laughs> no, she really is the coolest. I absolutely adore Hope. That's one thing like I whenever I think about you guys, I'm like, oh man, because I really wish that you guys have been in Texas longer because I feel like you and I would have been really good friends, but I feel like Hope and I could have been really, really good friends. <laughs> Absolutely. I have, um, I've, we had, we had a, that was a, probably the perfect gaming situation in Texas, uh, which is, which is a rare gift to be able to have that, um, as any gamer can know, especially as you get older and as you have kids and schedules become more difficult, um, it was really, really easy to make board gaming happen in Texas. So that kind of leads us to our next thing I want to talk to you about. How many times have you moved? Huh. Well, um, until 2014, not very much. Um, now, growing up, I was, I was raised overseas in several different countries, so I moved a lot growing up. But after, after I finished college, I moved to Kansas City. That's where I met, met my wife. We got married there, had our kids there. And then um, after about eight years there, I decided to pursue uh, a master's at Southern Methodist in Dallas. And so we moved down to Dallas. That was in 2014. Um, I completed the master's in a couple years. And then after that, I took a job in Michigan, which is actually where I'm from. I uh, moved really close to my parents, so that was nice. And then after just a year of that, uh, an opportunity opened up to actually work for our organization uh, here in the Philippines on the uh, region that our, that our church has here. I work for a, a, a denomination, church denomination, and um, our, our region here in this part of the world. And so uh, I'm based out of the Philippines now. And so that's three moves uh, since 2014 all of them to very different areas and one of them being international. So I'm looking forward to being someplace longer than two years. I haven't had that since 2014. Yeah. How long you guys are over there for a while though, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, we're, we have a, we periodically come back to the States, but that's not going to be until 2020. So we moved here in March and it's now been almost nine months as of this recording. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it's gone fast. <laughs> so when you move, were you before you moved to Kansas City or Kansas, you didn't say Kansas City, but um, I lived in Kansas on the Kansas side. It's right on the state line. Oh. Not everyone knows that. I did know that. That's one of those weird facts. But it was Kansas City then? 
Yeah, well, so I'm, and I'm going to, for all the Kansas Cityans who I know will listen to this, because I have gaming buddies who will listen to this, I'm sure. So I need, I need to say this, that usually when you're thinking of Kansas City, you're thinking of Kansas City, Missouri, which is where both the Chiefs and the Royals have their stadium in Missouri. Which are sports Most teams. Huh? Yeah, those are sports teams. They play sports ball. Um, but most most of the biggest parts of the city, uh, the big the bulk of the metropolitan areas in Missouri, hmm. and then there also is a Kansas City, Kansas, which is a separate town. That all of this stuff is very goofy and complicated. But we actually lived on the Kansas side of the state line. Kansas City's right on the state line there. So yeah, I thought it was like Texarkana. Yeah, it it is like Texarkana, which except is except I. Texas and Arkansas. Frankly, I think a lot of people would. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, were you into gaming before you moved there? Uh, I got into gaming when I moved there. Um, In fact, I had a a friend of mine who got me into it. Um, Still, I check in with them when uh, when I'm in Kansas City. And um, there was a local store there, Tabletop Game and Hobby, which was kind of uh, the first store that really got me into to board gaming. And I uh, met a lot of friends through there, um, a lot of very close friendships that I still still keep up with. And uh, it was it was tough to leave. Um, I think one thing I, I mentioned earlier that the, the game group in Texas was outstanding. And I really I really mean that. But um, they don't listen. Is... So you don't have to say that. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I'm not seriously i'm not i'm not being just uh i'm not trying to just gush with praise but when you've been in one place for a long time and you really set down roots uh, especially in a hobby it can be hard to find your bearings after you get there um i'm thankful it was as good a situation as it was in texas i was able to kind of adjust up faster uh, in that sense than i would have otherwise it is a very easy hobby to be into in north texas because there's not just our group but there's so many other options around and we have two gaming cafes it's like a podcast for our personal friends well they don't listen to it (laughs) so so it's really just a (laughs) podcast for you yeah well i have a i have a couple listeners i actually have a lot of friends out of the country i have a couple podcast listeners dash friends and all over the country and then quite a few outside of the country in europe and not my family I won in the Philippines. I should have two in the Philippines. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you'd think so, but no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't listen, just hope. Well, oh, <laughs> I, you know, that's not fair. Hope hope is never the one to listen to board game podcasts. This is like <laughs> much more my thing, and even then not completely my thing. But I, I, I have listened to several of your episodes, so, you know. Well, thanks. I think it's because I knew I'd be on here eventually, so I, I felt like I should, you know. I, I walked into... DFW Nerd Night the other day, and Lee was like, hey, Elizabeth, I'm really enjoying your podcast. And I was like, whoa, I know you in real life, and you listen to that? And it, like, yeah. really tripped me up. So. Lee would, though. That's... Because <laughs> Lee's for, the best kind of, of person. Who, yeah, if anyone at home ever gets to meet this guy, Lee, he's he's the kind of person you should you should get to know. He'll listen to your podcast. He's a stand-up dude. The first, the first person I really connected with when I uh, came to Dallas was this guy, Lee, um, for those of you at home, uh, this guy, and I, and I think the real thing, so when you're moving and you need to try and get in a new group, I, for, for my purposes, for the way I play games, which I'm a very social gamer, I like to, I, I chat a lot at the table that drives some people crazy, 
It makes some games take longer, um, but it's very much a social pursuit for me. And so for me, kind of job one is to find just friends in general, um, more than board gaming friends, but to just make friends in some context and then hopefully hope I can uh, put board gaming into those friendships eventually. Um, usually that's not a hard sell. Uh, one of the benefits of how big board gaming has gotten lately is that it's much more common that people have an interest, um, at least in something in, in, in a passing way, at least. Now I do, you know, you do seek out actual board game events, but for me, those things are always like a stepping stone to finding a home group, a group that meets in someone's house, um, because those are way more enjoyable for me than, than big public events. But that's that's a big part of it. Like when you're transitioning to a new area, to just try and you, use it as an excuse to connect with people because you need that anyway, you know. So you connected with Lee was the first person you said you connected with. Did you start yeah. by going? We used to game at this place called Roll to Play, which is no longer open. And did you start by going to Roll to Play, or did you? It wasn't a Roll to Play. I think it was at the uh, at Nerd Night. Um, actually. It was at the Nerd Night that used to meet at um, DGM, at Dallas Games Marathon. Which now uh, meets which, at Half Price Books. Right, the, the now is no longer books. there. Um, but it was at that one. And it was, um, yeah, you know, one of the benefits of uh, Board Game Geek has, is an enormous sprawling community. But one of the things that's really nice about it is they do have dedicated forums to specific regions. Um and I think I made a connection with someone. Oh, you know who it was? You know who it was? It was Donnie Bain. I Donnie don't know Bain Donnie Bain. Person. You don't know Donnie? Oh, mm -hmm. you should. Donnie's a good guy. But uh, Donnie was the one. Uh, he actually got a hold of me on Board Game Geek and told me about the events that were going on. I didn't meet him actually till a couple times after going. Like he couldn't make it for some reason. Um, but he, uh, he. So and this is what I found is that when I've when I've moved, I've tried to make an effort to reach out to people um, from the area before I get there, which this, again, this is becoming easier to do through Board Game Geek. Uh, a lot of places have meetups. I know that um, at least several years ago, that was really active in the St. Louis area. Uh, there was a big meetup group that met there, and then it became kind of absorbed into Geekway to the West, which is a big convention there. Uh, I even did this when I was moving to the Philippines. I actually got a hold of some guy through uh, our board games, the board game subreddit, and he let me know that, hey, you can, there's a thing that's happening here, and he, it's a Facebook group that they invited me to take part in, and I'm able to jump in there, and I'm the only American there. They're all communicating in Tagalog, and will say <laughs> something in English for me sometimes if they want to ask me a question specifically. <laughs> And uh, and I'm able to make it out there. Um, I've made it out there about three or four times. Uh, not not as often as I'd like. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the traffic in Manila is such that it makes a very short drive an enormous ordeal. So I don't make it as often as I'd like. But uh, that has been a good source of getting to just get out there and play some stuff. Because I feel like it's a really good way to make friends gaming. Yeah. Yeah, Chad obviously is, it's, is it's who been, brought me. <laughs> right. It's, I mean, it's been, you know, it's been kind of the primary way I've made friends as I've gotten older. Um, between that, you know, you have other social circles, but that's the hobby circle. It's, uh, and part of that is because, you know, you and I, I think we're, we're both fairly talkative, outgoing people. So 
there's a lot of um, maybe you know we're we're naturally inclined to 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 be very chatty at yes. the game table. I agree with that. Once I get to know somebody, it's hard to get me to shut up. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say anything. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. Once I once I get to know people, I don't stop talking even at the game table. That was last time you were in town. We played saboteur. And I sat next to Hope, and she was like, okay, if I know you're the saboteur, I'll rub your leg. So, like, we kept getting saboteur at the same time, so she was rubbing my leg. Okay, so did you, are you just admitting on, on podcast that you guys cheated? Yes. Yeah, this is how okay. I wanted to tell you in a forum where you couldn't oh. be mad. Well, I heard it from you and not my wife, so that's, that's great. If it helps, it was really nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so when Nate comes back to Texas or when Nate has come back to Texas, which I think has only been once, we all, yeah, a big group I, of I us got together time. to play games with him because he is really fun to play with. And then Nate also has the most adorable kids in the whole world, but that doesn't have anything to do with podcasts. No, it doesn't. They are, they are but pretty great though. They're, they're stupid good. adorable. So as you're finding a new group, with having kids, do you look for groups that have, like, kid options? Because your kids are getting old enough to play now. Yeah, my kids, I have two sons. They're six and eight. Um, the eight-year-old is now old enough to, to, to really learn rules and read cards and do stuff like that. So he's, he's able to process some somewhat more complex games than he could before uh not always not always super effectively but he can uh, <laughs> and so that's that's been really fun you know because it was for a long time it was like i'd he'd say oh i want to play this and it's like some big monster game with you know guys killing orcs and stuff and i'd have to kind of make up kid rules to play it with them which is fun but i'm also not good at doing that kind of stuff i you know, I kind of, kind of that forces me to kind of think in design terms that I don't always think in, and so it's nice to have that. But you know, one of the things. So this is this has actually changed uh, now that I'm thinking about it because when I was in when we lived in Texas and my kids were a little younger, one of the reasons I was so able to find time to play games was that I was the only one married with kids, <laughs> and at least in the in the group that we immediately played with a bunch. Yeah, our um, main group only has you know, one child only, like, in it now. Yeah, I was the one whose schedule was hardest to pin down in that group. Um, and I, I was the one who probably couldn't do stuff more than once a week uh, if the opportunity came. You know, sometimes I'd be able to get out for an extra thing. but um, And so that, that made everyone super-duper available, uh, <laughs> which is was not the case when we moved to Michigan. Moving to Michigan, first of all, it was a less, you know, we were living in a city. We lived in Saginaw, Michigan, but Saginaw is a city, but not nearly on the same scale that Dallas-Fort Worth is. And uh, there's a lot, just a lot fewer people there and a lot fewer people my own age. Um, and there's, you know, don't have the big, uh, the big social gathering like Nerd Night or Big game nights, game stores, stuff like that. But what I they did have was a big state university nearby. And actually, I ended up connecting with several of the students there, and we played pretty regularly. And that was a really, 
a really surreal feeling. Like I felt all 34 years, I'm 35 now, but I felt all 34 years of my age, <laughs> you know, <laughs> making reference to like, oh, I don't know, something like, uh, like I, I make arrest, make an arrested development quote or something. And I'm the only one there who's watched it <laughs> because I'm the one who's in my thirties. That's and, unfortunate. You know, cause that's a great show. Yeah, it is. But, you know, that's that's how it is. But the other the, what was cool about it was that every game I owned was new to them. Um, and I was the one who mostly owned the games that they started buying more as I'd been there longer. But as I I mean, I was just introducing all this cool stuff. So I was it was really fun. I, and they were very open minded and willing to, to play really weird experimental stuff that could sometimes be a hard sell for more established gamers. Um and uh, so that was really interesting. But again, no no kids involved. Well, since we've moved here, as we've gotten more uh, acclimated and our children are involved in the school now and everything, and our kids' uh, friends' families all, will often play games. And so now we're actually in a situation where we'll go, like, hang out with people, and the kids will go do kids' stuff, and then we'll play games. And our kids are old enough to take care of themselves now, for the most part, you know. And so it's kind of become a thing that the kids have become a way to connect with that where when kids are younger um it can sometimes be a little uh, i don't want to say a hindrance but it but it can be a hindrance you know um it can definitely cramp your style to have kids around especially with a lot of people who aren't used to being around kids and maybe that's one of the things that's changed is we're now in an environment where people are just more comfortable having a lot of kids around uh, so maybe that's maybe that's what's shifted. Yeah, because I don't think you ever brought the boys with you to games. Not too often. Because the only time no, I, I ever really know, saw them was the one time I was at your house, and yeah, then your parties. Think, yeah, it, it used to be that when when I do something, it would be like, okay, I would be playing stuff, and and my wife would go put them to bed, and then come back down and and join back in. Um, sometimes I would do that too. You know, I mean, it would just it would that was kind of how it would work because it really is more my hobby than her. She joins in because she likes it, but I'm the one who wants to bring all the games when we move overseas, you know? <laughs> so, how many games did um, you bring with you there? I, I think I got in just under a hundred, just 100. around a hundred. Um, oh my gosh. That, that was, so this is another thing about moving. Every time I've moved, I've tried to cut some more games out of the collection. Um, I didn't do it as much when I moved to Texas because the move was not quite as big and I didn't, you know, it was like a temporary thing in my head at the time, you know. But when we moved to Michigan, I sold quite a few that I just didn't feel like taking. Uh, and then moving here, because we were going to have to ship them. We were going to have to put them in crates and send them across the ocean, you know. And so I was like, well, this, you know, games are money to, to hold on to them. And so I, I sold about a third of my collection. I, I sold a lot of games. Um, and I was shipping, I mean, I'm sure you guys have some in your, in the rotation down there now and with the group in Dallas that used to be in my collection, because I know I sold several to, to Paul and. Oh, I'm positive Stephen we have some that used to be in your collection. I was disappointed because yeah. you weren't selling Wiz Wars or Tobago. And that was after my copy of Tobago had gotten stolen. Oh, <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, well, no, I'm not selling those. Those are. No. Uh, those are obviously too awesome to waste on the likes of you. But, uh, <laughs> it's fine. I have my own copy of Tobago now, but I still don't have okay. a copy of Wiz Wars. <laughs> no, that's because Wiz Wars is out of print. Like I yeah, said. Yeah, I'll get I'm it eventually. My, I'm actually painting my copy of Wiz War right now. I have like 
three figures left to finish up, but all the rest are done. So that's pretty neat. That's awesome. Send me a picture and I'll post it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I should finish it first. It'll look like, like I actually finished what I start. <laughs> You'll trick everyone. Normally I'm I just do. kidding. <laughs> I've finished other painting projects. This is like my, my third or fourth one. I'll see to completion. So, so that's something. That's awesome. So yeah. when you go over, when you move, let me say that instead, and you find a new group, do you kind of say like, okay, guys, I'm really into this game. Here's how I want to meet everybody it's through this game. Or do you like just kind of mm. see, get a feel for what they like and then start bringing in your own things too? Uh, I, I, I do more the latter. Um, and there's a couple reasons for that. One is, you know, I, I'm a really outgoing kind of loud guy and I don't want to be the dude who just like comes in and wrecks up the group, you know, I'm very conscientious of that. I, I have a, a big presence in, in any table, you know, physically, uh, <laughs> in terms of, in, in terms of decibels, you know, and so I don't want to, I don't want to take over someone else's deal. Um, and I think that's also, you know, when you when you move, you need to be prepared to try games that you might not have been as into before. Um, it's always good to do that. It's always good to stretch out and find. Uh, you, you're never going to like every game, but it helps to revisit stuff. It helps to try new versions of genres you've never liked before, um, because that just keeps you uh, curious about games and it keeps you excited for stuff you haven't seen before and you don't get stuck in a rut. And so, that's that's actually one thing I I've learned here is you got to be flexible with what you want, what you're willing to play. Um, and, and generally, you know, most stuff today, you know, even if it's not outstanding, it's at least going to be pretty good. And uh, that's that's sometimes good enough in some situations. Eventually, because, you know, one of the things is when you have, um, when you're sharing your really favorite games with people, that's a really vulnerable thing. You know, you want, you want people. Yeah, because nothing's more disappointing than when you bring a game to the table that you really love and everyone's kind of sitting around with like a scowl on their face and you're like, no, I love oh, this man. game. Please love it. Yeah. I still, so one of my, one of these stupid games I introduced, I have a few stupid games because every collection needs a couple, but one is, uh, I think I played this with you. Did I play Magical Athlete with you? Nope. Okay. So this is a really dumb game. Uh, <laughs> it's this game where there's, there's, uh, 25 different magical creatures there's like a witch and a centaur and all this stuff and you you hold a little draft and you draft a team of magical racers not magical erasers but magical racers and then you take the magical racers and you do a series of roll and move races on this board and the races are, I mean, it's like exact, it's like Candyland. I mean, it's like, it's not, it's <laughs> so far from a complicated design. But what's funny is like each of these little cards does something special. So the witch, on the witch's turn, the witches can make, the witch can pass someone and make them lose a turn. Or um, the witch, or the, the centaur, when he passes someone, can kick them back. Or the siren, on beginning of the siren's turn, everyone moves one space closer to the siren, whether they're moving forward or backward on the thing. So uh, it's it's a really dumb game. Like, there's no thought that goes into it. It's But it's so much fun. Uh, it's really hard to express why it works. Um, 
but it really does. And I and I taught it, and this is one of my regrets. I never, I, I, I found, I know there were people in Texas I could have tried it with, but I tried it with the wrong people at the beginning, and I poisoned the well. And now they were like, oh, that dumb game. Why did you teach that one? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I felt so bad. And also it's like, oh, but it was it's good, though. I'm not I'm not stupid. It's good. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. I, I own Survive Escape from Atlantis, which I love. I think it's a great game. And I played it with two people who did not necessarily have the same gaming style as me. And they were miserable the entire time. And then at the end, they looked at me and they were like, we probably won't play this one again. And I was like, <laughs> I understand. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that you, the, the, we, we experience this all the time with like when you recommend a, a movie to someone and they didn't like it. Or you tell someone, oh, this is my favorite band. And they're like, oh, so that, that band sucks. Or, you know, that we, we do have personal investment in that stuff. And and so to introduce your favorite games to people, that's that's a really, it's a it's like a declaration of friendship at that point. It's like <laughs> I am, I, I trust you enough to share this part of me, um, and oh. you know it doesn't always work, and that's okay. But it's still a it's still kind of a, a position of openness that is not always there. When we came over to your house, you put on, or not put on, we played Wiz War, and the first thing you said was to Chad, you might not like this game because our friends Stephen and Paul didn't, and then we both loved it. Well, that just means Stephen and Paul are Philistines. They don't, you know, they, 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 they don't appreciate the finer, the finer things in life if they can't appreciate a game of Wiz War. I agree. They know nothing. Well, no, know, they're they're fantastic. I say it, but I, I I wasn't gonna say that. But now that you said it, now that now that it's out there, we can admit. Yeah, now it's out there. You know, they're gonna be on here eventually to discuss eventually. their own topics. Their own topics. Yeah, you just have to. I'm just repeating everything you say. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> it's nice because it's like people will take more authority from it coming from your deep voice instead of my high pitched girly one. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is this is going to be my big break in the <laughs> board game podcasting. I get I I get quite a few downloads. I don't, I don't think any of my friends listen no. to it. So this is this is a it's a turning point for both of us, Elizabeth. <laughs> this is when we when things just you're going to see like the little line on your on your analytics, and it's going to just it's just oh, going to shoot a, up. I'm going to be Spotify's yeah, number one podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then every episode I'm not on, it's just going to crater. And you're going to be like, oh, man, what happened? I have to call you and be like, we're bringing back fan favorite, Nate. You'll know. Yeah, you'll know what it was. You'll know what it was. <laughs> well, every week on or every other week on Tabletop Game Gal, we like to ask a question that people can tweet us the answers. So would you okay. like to ask a question or would you like me to? I, I would like to, but I don't know what it is, which probably means you should answer. Uh, you think it's so I, I listened to like three episodes today. I should have been prepared for this. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's always and, like, and oh, you're going to ask me? Okay, here. Here's one. Here's one. Um, what game says the most about you personally? What game that you like says the most about you personally? Oh, that's a really good one. It so tweets. Us, what game you think expresses the most about you on a personal level? I'd say mine is probably Cosmic Encounter because I am weirdly aggressive. 
I would say probably me, it would be either Cosmic Encounter or D&D, uh, both because they're very highly uh, interactive and collaborative, weirdly collaborative games in their in their own way. And so I think those would be my two answers. And that's that's something I, I always appreciate. Yeah, I like that question. That's a really deep one. Cool. So tweet us the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we will see you guys soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. As always, you can rate and review us on iTunes if you enjoyed the show. If you didn't enjoy the show, then you just go on with your day and don't worry about the rating and reviewing process. Have a great night, y'all.